0: Turn it on the back there. There it is. I hear a little bit there. Turn it up a little bit more. New technology. We'll see how it works. All right. Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. We're going to close out Philippians today, and then next week we'll start something new. Of course, we got our vision Sunday, and then I haven't decided if we're gonna how we're gonna go off of that exactly following that week, but uh... nonetheless we will close out philippians today it's i really enjoy philippians i don't know if you have as much as me but i I have loved it (laughs) i've enjoyed studying it uh... going through it preaching it uh... it's a a fun book i think to preach through and study through and uh... looking forward to what's ahead for us as well of course sunday uh... afternoons today we're doing a uh... new year specific sermon in the afternoon but uh... we'll start a new book um, uh, not next week, the week after, on Sunday afternoons as well. We finished Jeremiah, and, uh, and so we'll work our way into something new there also. Still have a ways to go in Psalm on Wednesday nights, uh, though, there also. Let's look in uh, Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse number 10. The Bible says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity." Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and how I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done, that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also." that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphrodites uh, the things which were sent from you, an odor, a sweet-smelling savor, uh, excuse me, a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable well pleasing to God but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'd help us this morning. There are several familiar verses in this section and Lord, I pray that today you would give us something fresh from them. I pray that as we're starting our year, Lord, this will help us to get started on the right foot. Lord, I pray that you would help me as I present these verses, that I would do them clearly and correctly. And Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. We see here this morning entitled the service through Christ, uh, we see it there in verse number 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And I want us to see three things this morning from these verses, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll head to the lunchroom. Uh, number one this morning, I want us to see, be content. Be content. In verses 10 through 12, we see here Paul, again, writing to the church. He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care flourished, for, uh, flourished again. Meaning it, it, it was flourishing at one point, and then it wasn't, and now it is again. So there's a rejoicing because of these things. And he says, wherein ye were also careful but you lacked opportunity. So you wanted to, you didn't have the chance to, uh, for whatever reason. We'll get back to that in just a second. But he says in verse 11, I'm not speaking in one, I don't, I'm not speaking because I have to have it, uh, I've learned that, that I, I have to be content with whatever situation I have in life, whether it be a lot or a little, hungry, uh, full, whatever it may be, he says there uh, that whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I look at Paul's life and I see all the things that Paul went through. I think of his ministry and the the Christians that he worked with and the churches that he worked with and, and all the many blessings that came from that. I think about all the hardships that Paul went through and he even goes through these at a later point in Scripture talking about the shipwrecks and the imprisonments and the beatings and everything else that he went through. And I look at Paul's life, and a lot of time we'll look at Paul and we'll say, boy, he's, a, he's an, an incredible example for us as Christians, and I believe he is. Uh, he was in no way a perfect man, but uh, the, his faithfulness, his, uh, his, his effort, his commitment to God is something that we could definitely follow through. And he says here in his, his, his letter to the church of Philippi, I've learned that no matter what state of life I'm in, to be content. And as Christians, I think it's important for us to be content in the situation that God has placed us in. In verse number 10, Paul gives the church a benefit of the doubt, something that we Christians should do to other Christians more often. He says that, that uh, it's, it's great to see that your, your care is, of me has flourished again, uh, wherein you were careful, but you lacked opportunity. So he didn't go, why weren't you guys giving? Why weren't you guys helping the way that you used to help? Um, he wasn't bitter, he wasn't hurt, he didn't take it personal. Because he had learned that no matter his situation in life, he was supposed to be content. So he gave them the benefit of the doubt. You, you, I'm sure you wanted to, to, to give still, and you just weren't able to. The opportunity wasn't there. Now the opportunity is back, and so you've given again. That's a wonderful thing. But I think something that I learned the most from this idea of being content, as he says in verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want or need, for I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to abase, how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things I am instructed, both to be full and to be hungry, to uh, to abound and to suffer need. When it comes to being content, I think we have to understand this is not something a person can teach us. This is something that happens through Christ and through Christ alone. He says it in verse 13, I can do it through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We'll come back to that in a second. But in order to be content, we have to understand we're not going to learn that. We're not going to learn it from a pastor. Or we're not going to learn it from a friend. We might see examples of it uh, in different places. But in order to learn it, we have to learn it through Christ because my contentment comes through Christ and through Christ alone. Without Christ, I'm not going to be content. Because when I suffer need, when I'm hungry, I'm not going to be content on my own. But I can get that contentment, that satisfaction, that fulfillment through Christ. To be satisfied with what you have, you have to see God's provision. To understand, okay, at this moment in my life, I am abased or I am in need. I I am hungry. I, I am Uh, I I don't have everything that I would like. I, I may not have everything that I think I need. But I have to be able to see God's provision even in those moments in order to be content. I have to be able to see the fact that God has given me so many things, that God has provided for me in so many ways in order for me to be content. Contentment is found in God how to live with a little or how to live with a lot. He says there in verse 12, I know both how to be abased and how to abound, uh, that in all things I'm instructed to be full and hungry and abound and suffer need. So he says it doesn't matter what I'm dealing with because I know how to live in any situation. And in Paul's case, it's living through Christ. He's not living on himself. He's not counting on himself to provide for the needs that he has. What he's counting on is that God spoke truth. That if he obeys God, God will take care of him. His contentment is through Christ and through Christ alone because he sees God's provision for him and because he has faith that God will continue to provide for him no matter his situation. So many Christians today don't have contentment in their life because they're depending on themselves to provide that contentment. Not content in, in a job, not content with finances, not content with health, not content with uh, uh, home, home life, not content with material uh, possessions, not content with um, spiritual growth, not content with emotional health, whatever it is, because they're focusing on the wrong things to provide it for them. And so God says, be content, and the way that we are content is through Christ and through Christ alone. How to, do you live with what you have now? Or how will you live when you gain? Or how will you live when you lose? If you're living through Christ, you'll be content through it all. I know many people who can look at what they have and hear a sermon on contentment, on being content biblically, and they can look at what they have, and they can say, all right, I can see God gave me this, and God provided for me this, and God's blessed me here. I can be content with this. And then something happens, and they gain. And all of a sudden, they're like, look what I did. I worked the extra hours. I worked so well, they gave me a raise. I, 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 I did this, I did that, and because of that, I have more now. Look at what I did And all of a sudden we're not content anymore, even with the things that we've gained, because our eyes are no longer on God. And so here we sit now with more than what we had before, but our pride is billowing up inside and our our ego is is being lifted. And next thing you know, we're no longer content anymore because we see, well, if I could do that, what else could I do? And before long we're, we're straying away from where God wants us. I know where Christians can sit, and they can go home today, and they can look around, and they can go, okay, God, you've given me this. I can be content with this. And then they lose. Now they have less. And all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, no, 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 no. I was content with what I had, but now you've taken things away from me. Look at Job. Job lost everything. And Job was not perfect, uh, even through that whole trial and situation. But ultimately, Job's faith and obedience led to a restoring and actually bigger blessings than what he had before. And in in, in low moments there, Job was still willing to say, I have followed God. I don't know why this is happening, but I followed God, and and I'm, I'm fine with this. And his wife said, curse God. You know, his his friends said, curse God. His friends blamed him for the situation. You've sinned what sins in your life, what friends they were. Uh, And you've done all these things and whatever. But even I believe in loss, for the large majority of it, Job was content even in his loss. Understanding that God had a reason. We as Christians today, we're so weak, we're so feeble, when things are steady or going well, we can go, yeah, God's good. Everything's great. But When things go bad, all of a sudden we immediately just, pfft. we blame it on God. We begin to doubt God. We lose faith. All these kinds of things, we don't have contentment in that. Why? Because in our low moments, we're not living through Christ anymore. We're living on ourselves again. We'll blame God for it, but, but we'll say, I've got to dig myself out of this. I've got to find a way to make it better. When the Bible clearly tells us the way to make it better is go to God and let Him make it better. Trust God, have faith in God, lean on God, He'll make it better. He'll, he'll, he'll uh, provide and bring fulfillment even in uh, minimal amounts of things, uh, finances, health, whatever it is. So we have to be content with what God uh, has given us and the situation that we're in. Well, how do we do that? We do it through Christ and through Christ alone. The temptations of wealth are just as fierce as the temptations of poverty. When you have money or things, you're tempted with pride. You're tempted with uh, um, uh, things that you could before you couldn't afford to do, and now you can. And and you're tempted with different different things. But the temptation is just as strong in poverty and lack of things, where we're still prideful and we're still thinking that we can fix things and we're not content with the situation that God has placed us in. It's not wrong to ask God for more. It's not wrong to ask God for help. It's not wrong to seek God's wisdom in a situation. It is wrong to depend on myself to do anything. As I have to be content through Christ. And Paul learned through Christ how to be content in whatever situation he was in. He didn't learn it from a church. He may have seen examples of it from other people. He didn't learn it from his parents. He may have seen examples from them. He didn't learn it from other preachers. He may have seen examples from them. But he learned it through Christ. You will not learn to be content. I cannot teach you to be content. But I can tell you that if you follow Christ, trust in Him with all your heart, follow Him in every way, He will make you content, no matter the situation that your life is in. Number one, be content. Number two, do all things. It says there in verse 13, Paul speaking and given to us by inspiration of God, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Now he's looking back on what he just said, being content no matter the situation, when he's Uh, 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 in need and in want, or when he has everything that he could possibly think of. He's saying, I can do those things, I can do all things through Christ. When Christ is my strength, I can be content and I can move forward. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I can live in simplicity or in great blessings through Christ. I can do it all. This verse we know is taken drastically out of context over and over and over again, right? Uh, Every Christian athlete that's ever lived says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I mean, I, I suppose, yes, I mean, if your confidence and your faith is completely in God and, and the ability that he's given you, sure, I guess. But in most cases, they're saying, I can win the championship through Christ. I beg to go on the side of God doesn't really care if you win or lose a ball game. Um, that, that's just my opinion. All right, I don't see it in the Bible. But uh, that's my thoughts. What does God care about? He cares about obedience, right? He cares about you doing what he says you should do. He cares about you. He wants you to succeed He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be happy. Well, how do you do that? The Bible says by obeying God. I can be full and live godly, or I can be hungry and live godly when Christ is the source of my strength. I can be uh, living with massive blessings when God is my strength. I can be living through incredible hardships. When God is my strength. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. As Christians, we we know the truth, but we oftentimes ignore the truth of the importance of just doing things through Christ. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Not only are we doing it for the glory of God, God won't get glory if we don't do it through God if God is not our strength, if God is not our motor, if God is not what's doing it for us. Do what you do in Christ. Do what you do through Christ. Do what you do because of Christ. Because you can't and you won't do it on your own. You will not live content in your your situation in life if you're doing it on your own. It will not happen, I promise. You can't do it. I know people all over the country personally that are fed up and frustrated. And they're working hard and they're they're doing all these things and they're just still they're just they're not happy. They work and they work and they think I'm working too hard to be this poor. I'm working too hard to have this many things go bad. And they complain about everything that this life's thrown at them. They're discouraged. They're depressed. They're angry. They're grumpy. All these kinds of things. And you know what they're not doing? These are friends of mine, people I know. You know what they're not doing? They're not reading their Bible daily. They're not casting their cares upon God. Praying, seeking his help, his wisdom, his guidance, his provision. They're not attending church faithfully. And I've used the example over and over and over again. They stand in the grocery line asking mommy for a a Snickers bar after they've been a complete brat the entire grocery trip, expecting mom to want to give them a Snickers bar. Christians are the same way. We stand there with God and we throw hissy fits all throughout the grocery store, and then we get to the checkout line, and we're like, can I please have a Snickers bar? Expecting God to forget everything that we just did. Now, God does forget when we ask for forgiveness. He says that he washes us as uh, righteous. But oftentimes, we have Christians who are not content because they are not doing things through Christ. They're not doing them through God. They're doing them through themselves. And I have said, and the Bible teaches us, not every day is sunshines and roses. God says the storms are coming, but I can be your refuge. I can be your shelter. But it starts with doing all things through Christ. And if you're not being faithful to even the simplest of things that God has told you to do. Don't expect him or anyone else to believe that you're doing it through him. It just doesn't work that way. You can't disobey God. And expect all the blessings that God says he's willing to give you. It's just that simple. So, do all things through Christ. We're going to be content through Christ. It's the only way we can be content. We need to do all things through Christ. Paul, and again, you look at Paul's life, and you can, I mean, there are times where you just go, Paul, How did Paul not crumble? How did he have the strength to get through it? How did he continue to move forward? Because he did all things through Christ, who gave him strength to do so. He was obedient in the little things and in the big things. He wasn't perfect, but he was obedient. And when he did wrong, I believe he went to God and said, God, I did wrong. God, forgive me. And then he went forward for God and obeyed him. It is the simplest things of life that we fail in the most things that we've been told our whole life if you grew up in church you've been told your whole life read your Bible and pray read your Bible and pray go to church now as a kid you're you're dependent on your parents to take you we don't have any kids other than one of mine in the room today it's on you now do you read your Bible do you pray Do you go to church if you're not going to do those three things you're probably not going to do much of anything else for God. It it just comes down to doing all things through Christ. Be content, do all things, and then number three, the thing that we all want, receive your needs. Be content, do all things, and then receive your needs. Look in verse 18 and 19. But I have all. And abound, I am full, having received of Epaphrodites the things which were sent from you, an odor, a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We see here verse 18 is about Paul, verse 19 is about the church. Verse 18, he's saying, I have received everything that I need. And then in verse 19, he says, now you can receive everything that you need. When you give, and I'm not talking about financially, although that's included. And, and again, I, I think this is clear, but I want to make sure it is. All you ever ask, as far as giving financially, is that you do what God tells you to do. Right? It's not, it's not about the preacher saying, we need money. God has blessed this church amazingly. I mean, we can go back four or five years ago to where we are now. It's incredible what God's done. So when we say give, I'm not saying give this amount. You have to give this amount. No, you have to give what God tells you to give. That's all we're that's all that's all that God asks to give what He tells you to give. Okay? But we're not talking about just finances. When you give time, energy, thoughts, actions, uh, finances, whatever it is, when you give you can know and claim verse 19. And what I mean when you give, I mean when you give to God. When you give to God, and, and, and when you're giving to God, you give it in different ways, right? You give your time and energy to a person because God's told you to. That's giving to God. When you give your money to a need to, uh, to, uh, to help someone or, or your tithes or whatever it is, you give to missionaries, whatever it is, you're giving it to God, God to use for these things. When you do those things, verse nineteen becomes a reality for you. Because in verse eighteen, Paul says, "I have all. I'm abound. I'm full. I've received uh, I, I, all these things, but I received it from you all, the church, the individuals there in the church, and it's a, it's a it's a sacrifice acceptable and well pleasing to God. And because of that, my God, your God." shall supply all of your needs according to his riches as a result of your obedience to give as God's told you to give they gave money they gave food, they gave clothing they gave uh, um, energy, they gave prayers, all this they sent sent to Paul for his ministry, for his church planning for his uh, uh, evangelism for his missions work for his reaching other people with the gospel. They gave so that he could do it. And as a result of their obedience, not as a result of their giving to Paul, as a result of their giving to God, as a result of obeying God to give as God told them to give, Paul says, and God says, more importantly, all your needs shall be supplied. You want to receive the blessings of God? You have to give as God tells you to give. How much time do you give to God? An hour on Sunday? Two hours on Sunday? 30 minutes on Wednesday? Is that it? How much time do you give to God? How many thoughts do you give to God? How often are you thinking on the things of God? We talked about this uh, last, uh, last week. Sometime recently we talked about this. Think on these things. How much time do you think on God? How much energy do you put into God? You see, oftentimes we're giving such a minority of our life We'll, we'll, we'll invest on Sundays, maybe on Wednesdays, a little bit of time. The rest of the week, well, i got to work. Okay, can't you give time to God while you're working? Can't you give energy to God while you're working? Can't you give obedience to God while you're working? Yeah. Well, I've got family. I'm telling you, I, listen, God God established the family. Family is important. And please don't take this any other way than that but I have seen more Christians use their family as an excuse for why they can't obey God, and it makes me sick, and who cares what it makes me? It makes God sick. God says, I gave you that family. I established that family. Don't use them as a reason to not obey me. Well, I can't make it because I need to spend time with my family. Does God want you there? Bring your family with you. I know it's, and I know everybody has different circumstances. I get all that, but God understands it far better than I do. And what He asks you to do, you should do, no matter what. And I've also seen people use God as an excuse to, to to neglect their family, and that's not right either. What I'm saying is, is God won't won't give you something and ask you to do something unless it's right so we ought to do it. When you do all things through Christ, Christ does all things for you. He says there in verse 19, my God shall supply all your need. Do you believe that God lies? I don't. Believe the Bible. I believe the Bible is true, and the Bible says that God does not lie. So, if God tells me, if you obey me, God, if you obey God, I'll supply all your needs, why wouldn't I obey God? The reason why is because I don't believe God. (laughs) That's the reason why. If God says, you follow me, you obey me, you do what I tell you to do, you read your Bible, You pray, you go to church. That's going to help you do the other things that God tells you to do. To be the right kind of husband, to be the right kind of wife, to be the right kind of child, to be the right kind of employee or employer, to be the right kind of neighbor, to be the right kind of citizen. It all starts with read your Bible, pray, and go to church. Those three things will build then for the other areas in life. But God says, if you obey me, I'll take care of all your needs. And yet we go, eh, I don't believe you. I've never met a person who's actually said that to God, but I've met every person in my life who's acted it before, me included. God says, I'll take care of all your needs. Well, yeah, I know he says that, but I mean, I kind of have a need right now, and, and I think if I do this... You know, then it'll, it'll, you know, it'll, it'll take care of it. Was that what God wants you to do? Well, I'm not sure. I haven't asked him. <laughs> Why not? Well, because I think I have the answer. Well, okay, but now you're doing it through your own strength. Well, yeah, I know, but I, I mean, I know what I'm doing. I'm a smart guy. I've done this before, all these kinds of things. The reality is we didn't even ask God. God, is this what you want me to do? How long did that take? Two seconds? God, is this what you want me to do? says yes then all right here we go if he says no then it's God what do you want me to do how do you want me to do it we say well I asked God and he didn't answer okay how much time did you listen there are scripture verses that teach teach us about consistent ongoing to some degree it comes across as nagging prayer God I need provide God I need this please provide God I need this please provide you say well I don't want to wait for God to answer I want to do it on my own but then you're doing it on your own and then you're trusting yourself to supply all your needs and my guess is that hasn't been working because of the situation that you're currently in We're in a new year, and a new year brings new hope and new energy, and it gives us this idea of I've got to do better this year. All the things I said I was going to do last year, I know I didn't do them for the last 20 years, but this year I'm going to do them. Yesterday I exercised. Can I get a round of applause, please? Uh, Yesterday I exercised. Day one. I haven't exercised yet today, but the goal is to do it before the day's done. Why? Why am I even thinking like this? It's because it's a new year and I think, okay, this year I'm gonna do it right. I thought about it in November, but I was like, ah, the new year's coming, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I'll wait. I think that's fair. Why, you know, what's the point? So, uh, you know, now I've got, you know, my birthday's next month, Valentine's day, we usually have a steak, that's fine, I can do that. Uh, you know, we don't have any big meals really till Easter. So I should be okay. That should get me in the habit and then I'll be good, right? If I started in November, then I broke it up with it. anyways. not important my point is this i I have a point here my point is this there's not a better day to start being content doing all things through christ than today well i'll wait till vision sunday no no because on vision sunday i'm going to give you a whole list of other things that i'm hoping that we can do together so you need to start now not because you want to please me or anybody else because you want to do what God wants you to do and God wants you to learn that whatever situation you're in that you're content how to be content both when you're abased and abound hungry and full and we can do that if we do all things through Christ where he's our strength and he's our source and then I can receive all of my needs by God's provision. But it only happens when I obey. And we're not going to obey in the big things, the big steps of faith, if we're not obeying in the simple things of read your Bible, pray, go to church. There, I promise you, there are Sundays that I wake up or even Saturday nights before where I think, I don't want to go. There's more of them than there should be. (laughs) Now, I'm kind of accountable, right? I, I have to show up. If I don't, then there's issues. I mean, technically, I'm getting paid to do this this morning. All right. It's not why I do it, but it's important. A whole other story. Okay. I promise I know what it feels like. Because only 11 years ago, I wasn't a pastor. and I didn't have that same accountability. Or I could wake up on a Sunday morning and go, my bones hurt, my muscles hurt, or I'm just tired because I stayed up too late watching a ball game or a movie or whatever. I just don't feel like going. Do all things through Christ. God, what do you want me to do? You know what? God doesn't want you to come to church when you're contagious. The flu, COVID. He doesn't want you here. But He wants you here when you can be. And He knows when you can be. <laughs> right. Social media kind of throws a lot of people under the bus with that. Sorry, I couldn't make it. I was sick. At the movie theater? Um, you know? where they posted later on that day. But anyways, do all things through Christ. How how can you be content as Paul was content in every situation he was in? Through Christ. How can I do everything that God wants me to do? Through Christ. How can I receive all of my needs through Christ? That's the only way it works. We're in a new year. We have an opportunity now. God, uh, there's no better day than today. God, I resolve. I commit. I re-resolve. I recommit to live through you in this new year. You know what? If you make that commitment this morning, Satan will challenge you. How do I overcome Satan? Through Christ. Your faith will be tested. Your resolve will be tested. Your commitment will be tested through Christ. Through Christ you can't. Without Christ, you won't, plain and simple. So I encourage you this morning, be content, do all things, and receive your needs through Christ. God, help us. We can't do it without you. We are nothing without you. The Bible says that all things are possible through you. And God, I pray that you'd help us. We're at a point in in time where we look at the calendar and we say, okay, this this time I'm going to do things right. Lord, I pray that our commitment to you will be truly to you, through you, in you. And God, we're not depending on ourselves to obey you. We're depending on you to help us obey you. Lord, that we can learn to be content. God, that we can do all things that you've told us to do, that we can obey you fully through you. And, Lord, that the needs that we have in our life can be supplied. Not through our own efforts and through our own work and through our own uh, uh, doings, but, Lord, through you. God, help us to be what we're supposed to be. And, Lord, we seek you for this. our heads bowed and our eyes.